Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic is IT-led breakthroughs and the digital shift in insurance. Featuring Lisa Davis, the Chief Information Officer of Blue Shield of California, and Mike Shadler, the Chief Information Officer of Pacific Life. The gentleman who led the conversation was Chris Davis, Vice President of MetaStrategy and our West Coast lead, who joins me now. Welcome, Chris. Great to see you. Hi, Peter. Let's first of all talk about the topic itself. Uh, as I mentioned, IT-led breakthroughs and the digital shift in insurance, certainly an industry that has a lot of dynamism to it right now. Uh, talk about why you thought this was a good topic for us to, to cover at our conference. Well, we found it really interesting, this juxtaposition, that in some ways, insurance represents better than perhaps any other industry, the need to plan for the future. What am I going to do about my health, my wealth, my life? But very few of us could have truly planned for what the pandemic had in store. So we brought together technology leaders from two major insurance companies who were asked to discuss the role of IT in accelerating digital business during the pandemic. How do you respond? How do you react? How do you leapfrog? How do we define and enable the future of work? And what does that look like uh, for the different business models? And last but not least, how do you build on the foundational capabilities that you have so that you can prepare the insurance industry for the future? That's great. And as I mentioned, uh, the, the two executives who joined you were Lisa Davis from Blue Shield of California, Mike Shadler from Pacific Life. Uh, why, why these two leaders? What was it about them that personified the points that you just raised? So whether it's Lisa at Blue Shield of California or Mike at Pacific Life, what's interesting, the, the, the rhyme between both of their histories is they both had revenue driving operations roles before being CIOs at their current posts. Mike in a divisional COO role uh, at a prior stop and Lisa with P&L responsibilities as well. And so they both bring a very business orientation to the value of IT. That was a compelling value proposition. The second is they're doing it at scale, whether for Lisa, $20 billion in revenue for Blue Shield of California as a nonprofit, and for Mike, uh, $191 billion in assets for PacLife. And so when you have to operate at scale, you have a business orientation, it forces you, whether you're B2B in the case of Pacific Life or B2B to C in the case of Blue Shield of California, to be really driven to think about how you create remarkable customer experiences and employee experiences. And what the two companies have very much in common is their focus on harnessing data and analytics to advance their business, whether it's uh, true, diagnostic, descriptive, uh, or you start getting into predictive, RPA, and more advanced analytics. And so we thought both Lisa and Mike had compelling stories to tell. Well, that's great. Thank you for that overview, Chris. Well, without further ado, let's get to our interview. Uh, IT-led breakthroughs in the digital shift in insurance featuring Lisa Davis of Blue Shield of California, Mike Shadler of Pacific Life in conversation with MetaStrategies, Chris Davis. But first, a word from our partner, Transmit Security, and the company's co-founder and president, Rakesh Lunkar. Transmit Security is a cybersecurity organization that focuses on identity experience and is enabling a secure and passwordless future. They also recently received the highest Series A venture capital investment in history for a cybersecurity company at a valuation of $2.2 billion. Rakesh wanted to share a couple of recommendations for technology and digital executives on how to improve a company's cybersecurity infrastructure. Thank you so much, Peter. First, I strongly recommend to take part of their budget and dedicate it to really innovative companies. 
It has to be built into the budgets up front so that it serves as a forcing function to really look for new technologies. The, the second recommendation is outside of identity. There are two very interesting classes of security technologies that are emerging. The first one is improving the quality of code to make sure that your developers are not introducing software vulnerabilities. The second is cloud security. I think we're in the first inning of hundreds of companies that will be created offering really innovative ways of securing the multitude of problems in the cloud environments. I just want to leave your audience with this last thing. Every single time they have to enter their password, change their password, can't remember their password or any other problems, please remember Transmit Security. And now on to the interview. Thanks so much, Peter. Uh, I'd like to, to welcome my uh, panelists, Mike Shadler and Lisa Davis. Uh, Lisa and, and Mike, welcome. Um, Lisa, I, uh, we, we share a, a last name, and I was talking to one of my colleagues, and I said, is there any relationship between you and Lisa? I said, you know, I hate to break it to you, but Davis is the seventh most uh, popular last name in the U.S., and, and that got me thinking, Mike, like, how popular is Shadler? So if there's one in 158 Davises, there's one in 1.8 million Shadlers. So uh, if I had been Chris Shadler, I would have, uh, we would have had a much higher probability of being related. Um, but but providing a brief introduction for both Lisa and Mike. So Lisa is the SVP and CIO of Blue Shield of California, a nonprofit health system servicing 4.5 million Californians, generating roughly $20 billion in revenue. Uh, prior to joining Blue Shield, Lisa was a technology leader and, and P&L leader at Intel. Prior to that, was a technology leader at Georgetown and the Department of Defense. Mike, uh, prior to being uh, the SVP and CIO at PacLife, which is $191 billion in assets, uh, life insurance, annuities, mutual fund, and investment product company that generates $11 billion in operating revenue, also was a divisional CIO and COO at Genworth and a technology leader at GE. Uh, so Lisa, welcome. Mike, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, Lisa, I'd like to start with you. When we think about... Um, healthcare, and, and you have the unique uh, situation where you joined Blue Shield uh, in February 2020, right, as uh, the pandemic was, was on your doorstep. And uh, the first question I wanted to, to explore is, how has the pandemic accelerated digital business in your company, especially the customer experience? And I know in a, in a Forbes uh, interview you did with Peter, you talked a lot about telehealth visits and how you've had to evolve your team, but I'd love for you to kick us off. Thank you, Chris. The pandemic brought to the forefront the need to create a digital health ecosystem in the U.S. And frankly, Blue Shield aims to unleash a technical revolution in healthcare. The healthcare, as we all know, has been a tech laggard, uh, is now in the spotlight. Data, data sharing, data interoperability, the lessons we've learned through the pandemic have really never been more important and we need to really overcome these longstanding limitations in data sharing in healthcare. We want to have patients focus on their holistic health, their wellness, preventative care, condition reversal programs, change the system today from what is really sick care to being healthcare. We know that 80% of your health is determined by your environment, while just 20% is your genetics. So allow patients to focus on their healing rather than trying to navigate systems on their own. 
how do we create that seamless, intuitive experience for our patients, our members, our providers, that is all about holistic wellness, really improving our health outcomes, and ultimately reducing the cost of healthcare. Yeah, th- thank you, Lisa. And I mentioned at the, the outset, Mike, when we were kicking things off, that insurance is one of the interesting industries that represents the idea of planning for the future better than, than maybe any. And especially the, the product that your company generates, especially when you think about life insurance, uh, there's sort of this notion of always being future looking, but also being data driven in reverse, but none of us could have predicted the pandemic. And so, Mike, I'm curious at PacLife, how, how did you have to look at digitalizing and, and accelerating your business operations? And as your business is a bit different. It tends to be a bit more B2B than, than B2C. And I'm curious if you could share some examples of, of what you've pursued at, at Pacific Life in the last year. Yeah, thank you. I think when, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me about the conversation is I'm not sure if there's anything dramatically new that we think we're doing right now. We accelerated a lot of that. Uh, the the most obvious one is, um, you know, when you think about getting life insurance, no one is ever a fan of getting uh, a nurse showing up at your door and taking blood and, you know, that whole process. That's a, a huge turnoff uh, for people getting insurance. Uh, well, things like fluidless underwriting and using electronic medical records, all those are things that have been on our radar screen for a long time. When the When the pandemic happens, it just pushes it dramatically forward into the spotlight because then people really don't want you to show up at their house to take blood. So, you know, that's that's just one example. The other one is, you know, we've had digital engagement models with people for a while, uh, but this has really accelerated those, kind of pushed them from what I would call, I'll say the fringe or maybe even more of the of the minority way of doing business into a much more substantial way of doing business. And, you know, what's interesting, and we're a big believer in relationships. We're a relationship company. We have great relationships with our distribution partners. So face-to-face is important. Person-to-person is important. Uh, but these digital channels are there, and they're real everywhere, as we know. And I think the pandemic for us just pushed us forward into, hey, maybe if we have a 20% adoption on something, now we're up to 40% or 50% or 60%. And that's a big that's a big leap for us. Um, you know, to Lisa's point about being a laggard, the insurance industry is not known for being a leader in this space, but it definitely kind of vaulted us forward, which is a good thing. Yeah. And so what, what rhymes about both of your past experiences, Mike, with your COO experience at Genworth and, and Lisa, your, your GM experience at Intel, you both have business leadership roles in addition to technology. And I'm just curious, uh, Lisa, I'll start with you. How has your past experience helped shape the way you approach changing the company, changing the industry, like saying Blue Shield is on a technology revolution, like that would have felt a little radical, I don't know, five, 10 years ago for any health insurance company. So how has your past experience as a business leader helped prepare you even more in, in your current role? The diversity of my experience has actually prepared me and ultimately I think makes me a better business leader and a better CIO. So that diversity has come from serving leadership roles and CIO roles not only in Department of Defense, but onto academia, in high tech, and now into healthcare. So in those roles, Chris, I I really had a lot of exposure across all of the sectors. And certainly at Intel, managing a global P&L, worked with various sectors in helping CIOs lead their digital, digital transformations. So those experiences combined with my knowledge Uh, The perspective that I gained from my fellow CIO leaders really helped me to bring that to healthcare in order to ultimately drive an impact and to have an impact. 
it is radical to say we're going to unleash a technical revolution, but we have to believe it because when we when we put it out there and we believe it, then we can all attain it together because we know that it's going to take a village. It's a very complicated ecosystem. No one can do this on their own, and it's going to require us to all really have the same goals of transforming how we do healthcare today. Lock arms, drive towards those new goals, data interoperability, data sharing, so that we can ultimately improve the provider and our customers' experience. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. And, and Mike, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, as, as you had this COO uh, divisional responsibility at Genworth, and then as you've been leading uh, the 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 technology organization at PacLife, how has that shifted for you? Yeah, I think it comes down to just being close to the customer. I think a lot of times IT organizations have a tendency to to wall themselves off. Not, I mean, I'm not being uh, critical, but it's just almost like it's a, well, we don't really deal with that or we're indirectly dealing with that. And I think that's a big mistake. I think you always have to realize that the reason why you exist, every part of IT, and I have this conversation all the time, is even the data center team has to understand the reason why they exist is to is to serve customers. And, the, and and that's really what it's all about. And bringing technology to our customers is what the game really is. And I think when you uh, have business responsibilities and have operational responsibilities, it just brings you closer to that customer. And you can then bring that back and push that throughout the IT organization. Um, and it just makes the organization less insular. Yeah, that, that's a great insight. And uh, I'm curious, uh, Mike, we talked in prep for this that in addition to the change in the customer experience, there's also the shift in the employee experience. And so as you think about um, the past year of, of work uh, and then the future of work, what do you see here to stay? What, what will continue to evolve when you think about remote hybrid collaboration, identity security? What are some of the things that are, are um, top of your radar as you shape the employee experience? Yeah, I think it's um I think it's very different for us. Like I said before, we're a relationship company and we're a very face-to-face company. So I've talked to you know many people that I work with who are saying, well, we'll do audio calls or et cetera. We are always on video. So from the time we sent everybody home in March of 2020, we've just been video galore. And so I think that puts a pressure on everything to do with your infrastructure, right? Which so you have to quickly respond to that, which which I think we did. I think all companies have to. And I think that's not going to change. And another piece I think that's going to stay is this notion of being a secure employee is obviously a big deal as a CIO. You have to make sure that all your endpoints are secure. And I think with the pandemic and with the hybrid workforce, now it's you have to be secure everywhere. So you're going to have people not only working out of their homes, but out of coffee shops or out of hotel lobbies or whatever. And there's obviously things you'll tell them to do in training, but from a technology perspective, that needs to be a really seamless experience. And things like, will your security profile follow you wherever you go, regardless of whether you're on VPN or not on VPN, et cetera. And I think those things are going to stay. And those things are very powerful for us to keep in mind because really you, I mean, I mean, that's what you want. And it makes us a better and a more secure company when those things happen as well. Yeah. And Lisa, just to build on that, um, in the spirit that the, the, the physical dynamics of work are changing, the collaboration patterns are changing, there's also a need to evolve our operating model. And in prior conversations, you've highlighted some of the operating model shifts that, that you've put in place at Blue Shield. And I'm curious, how do we sustain the pace of innovation, especially as, as you both highlighted industries that were traditionally maybe a little bit laggard? There's There's been a bit of seeing of the light, seeing of the possibility, but how do you keep that the foot on the gas, but but in a sustainable way, that it's sustainable 
innovation uh, pace of, of uh, delivery and value, but not just we're going to revert back to the old patterns of, of working. Chris, I, you know, first it's about um, how do I keep pace with the business? I think Mike brought out some really key points around we're in a new normal of a hybrid workplace. Uh, collaboration is key. Security is always first uh, top of mind in terms of how we're doing business. But the IT organization needs to position itself to, frankly, keep pace and drive innovation as partners with the business. It is very difficult to do that in a traditional model or structure for an IT organization. Part of what we've done at Blue Shield of California in order to match the pace with our business partners is to create an operating model that aligns to key lines of business and key horizontal functions. And that is a portfolio or product slash services model. So we have aligned our IT organization, we've structured our operating model with customer-facing IT teams that support our key lines of business, our key horizontal functions, integrated data and analytics into those teams, introduced agile methodologies of how we do the work in order to increase the pace of how ultimately we deliver business value and accelerate capability to market for our members and providers. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. And Mike, I'm, I'm curious, as you think about the future, uh, again, we've talked about some of the things in the, the business operating model that have accelerated the way we work, the operating model. What are the trends that, that you see needing to continue to lead pack life on in the insurance industry, whether it's, uh, Lisa highlighted some, some trends around data and interoperability, whether it's on the, the more basic scale or on the AI ML data science scale, uh, RPA, the, the CX and UX aspect, what, what are the trends, Mike, that are, are shaping your strategic roadmap as you think about um, leading the company into the future? Yeah, obviously data is a big part of that, which I think it would be for anybody in our roles. So, you know, what the continued work we can do around making decisions using data, both ourselves and third party data combined together and doing better analytic decisions is obviously going to be a big, important thing. And that's highlighted really around when we think about um, around underwriting and making those decisions without needing to have physical things like your blood and your other fluids, et cetera. Um, and things like how we interact, uh, how we connect with our customers. And, you know, we like to say that we want to connect with our customers and our distributors the way they want to be connected with. And sometimes that means a file transfer and other times that means an API. And we need to be willing to really deal with that whole spectrum and keep pushing that forward to where we have this kind of stickiness and glue with our distribution partners and our and, and the firms that we work with. So those are really the big ones, I would say, is data and integration with those customers. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And Lisa, uh, same question for you. As you think about the future, you've already highlighted a number of them in terms of uh, addressing health, not just sickness, and, and really digitalizing the way you work with your providers, uh, your members, and, and your ultimate patients. What are the trends on your radar? Yeah, very, very similar to Mike. I would add that the pandemic has really brought to the forefront as well the need for healthcare to create a retail-like experience. Our consumers, our members, our customers, uh, whatever word we use in terms of how we refer to our customers at Blue Shield, we call them members. They want, a, they want digital technologies and services. They want that same retail-like experience. So you will see us continuing 
as we look to transform that experience to bring digital technologies and digital service that create easy access, that are more intuitive, that are seamless, connected, data across holistically, so that you have a holistic, personalized view of your healthcare that you can share with your providers. Of course, in order to do that, data and analytics is at the heart of our strategy, right? As I said earlier, around data sharing and data interoperability. In order to create that experience, that back-end transformation of how you do business, leveraging automation, robotic process automation that you, that you mentioned. How do we digitize the services and processes on the back end? Because what we do on the back end really translates into the experience our members and providers have with us on the front end. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting uh, point that in many cases, our technology capabilities unleash that business agility. And Mike, I guess the, the closing question for you, um, when you think about, again, so much of insurance is planning on these multiple horizons. And in your case, especially when you're issuing policies that could be 30, 50, 60 years in, in maturation, you need this multiple horizons of where are we going, but how do we get there? And, and so from a foundational perspective, is there anything that, that you're doing within Pack Life just to set that foundation that you can land those those future planes? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think for us, we we are obviously pushing a lot of simplification efforts. Um, we're not an overly complicated business, but you can never be too simple, I guess, is how I think about it. And so, you know, simplifying our world a great deal is a, is a large part of that. And, you know, with that comes back to security, which is a huge focus, but they kind of go hand in hand. The simpler you are, the more you, uh, the more secure you should be able to be because you've, you know, you have less things to worry about. So I would say that's the big things that we're really focused on and also making kind of the investments we need to make and kind of taking advantage of things like the pandemic. We know the world's changed. We know some of these trends, uh, even if they shift back a little bit, let's assume they're not going to shift back. So let's go all into those models. And I think when we do that, we'll, you know, we, we've been here for 150 years and we'll uh, hope to be here for another 150. So. Excellent. Well, I think these are fantastic insights. What, what my takeaway for today is, especially for an industry that is, is deep heritage, both of your companies, 80 plus year old, uh, and there's an opportunity to work, build on that data, continue to simplify, automate, prepare for the future. In some cases where we're more consumer, uh, have that retail-like experience where we might be more B2B seek that simplification, operational excellence, and digitalization of our operating model so we can compete at, at speed and scale and sustain it through uh, uh, the operating model and the, the way that we execute. So Lisa and Mike, thank you so much. This was a fantastic conversation. I'm really excited to see where both of your companies go in the future.